Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin. I'm here with Dr. Paul Etchison. We've gone through a number of fun case studies and different scenarios today. For those of you that are listening for the first time, we record four episodes back-to-back off the cup, no preparation, but we do either have questions submitted to us. So if you have them, submit them and we'll talk about them. Or in this case, we've created some that we feel are important issues to address. So Dr. P.E., there's a hygiene dilemma, right? We have provider shortages. We have rising cost of wages. We have practices that need hygienists in order to help service their patients and improve their productivity, but they just can't find them. What do we do? What's the answer? I'm hoping you got a better answer than I do. And what I have found is we have had hygiene ads up for, dude, I don't even remember when we didn't have one out. What I found was tweaking the ad a little bit on the pay scale. And I think that's just, it's we're so reluctant to say, oh my gosh, it's costing so much more for a hygienist. But you know what? It is what it is, unfortunately. And it depends. The people that want them bad enough are going to pay for them and you're going to get what you pay for to some extent. In my practice career, going on 11 years now, we have never, the easiest position we have hired for has been hygiene until the pandemic. It's been a challenge for us. Luckily for us, we have, I think we have 11 or 12 hygienists right now. So like we can afford to maybe lose one, but then we have to move patients around. We're very much at capacity. So I'll take that back. We can't really afford to lose anybody because we need them. But I have not found a good way to find hygienists. Now, one thing that we have is in Illinois, they are allowing, you can get assistants that are coronally polished trained. They can now scale patients under 18 years old. And that is a new law in Illinois. We just got one assistant doing that. It's going super well. It's awesome. It's helping out. And it's taking away a lot of the kids and younger people. And she's loving it. And it's taking away the kids from a lot of the hygienists that don't want to see the kids. So that's awesome. I have tried to get into the hygiene schools to like percent. And they know exactly what I'm doing and they won't let me do it. And there's been part of me that says like, I'm just going to go sit in the parking lot at the hygiene school like a total creeper with like binoculars. And I'm going to scope you out and I'm going to go. Come walk up when you get out of the building and say, hey, 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 where are you working after graduation? Because I've never been more excited for graduation time in dental hygiene as I am right now and last year. It's like it was always like an afterthought, something I didn't think about. But, yeah, that was my short, long-winded answer saying I don't have a solution. I don't have a good solution. So I want to hear Justin Ballard. He is going to come save the day. I don't know what he's going to say because we didn't prepare for this, but let's hear it, man. Hey everyone, I just wanted to share a recent success story I just heard about. Six months ago, Dr. Dushant Patel of Sumner Dental Group in Tennessee reached out to Relevance Marketing because he wasn't receiving a whole lot of traffic from his website or anything online. Relevance expanded the online presence by listing the dental office in all the online directories with consistent information, which is super important, fixing any errors, along with redesigning his website using content that Google upranks, all the while keeping aesthetics and search keywords in mind. They then began to publish 
to blogs and information relevant to dentistry using the search keywords for their area. Now, in just a few months, Sumner Dental was in position number one or number two on the Google Map Pack and organic listings for almost every single dental keyword. They saw an 88.9% increase in phone calls as well as 115% increase in interactions with their Google business profile. Now, if you think having your phone ring almost twice as often with new patients could really change your practice, well, you're right. If you're looking for a transparent, no contracts, no BS, and results-driven online marketing program, look no further than RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com. It's who I've been using for almost five years. Can't say enough good things about them. Hey, mention the Dental Practice Heroes podcast and you'll get your first month free. Go to RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com to schedule your free demo today. That's www.RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com. He's going to make all of us feel better right now. Go. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I don't think I have a one size fits all solution here. It's you've hit on a lot of the good points, right? One is you currently have hygienists in your practice today, right? And keeping a solid relationship with them and making sure that they're feeling good about the practice they're at is is really important. Make sure they're fairly and equitably compensated. If you're going out there and recruiting other people and you're giving them a signing bonus and increased wage, you better make sure that your current hygienists get a piece of that, right? Because why didn't they deserve it? So just take care of the people that you got. That's take good care of them because recruitment, as you know, is tough, but not just for that reason. It's important for all the reasons Paul and I have talked about in any of these previous episodes about culture and why our practices have been successful. Because if you take a genuine and sincere interest in your team members, you actually care for them and they can feel that it's not just unauthentic nonsense, then you will obviously have people who want to continue to work with you because you've created a family type environment. So that's part one is treat the people you have well. Part two is you have to look at all the other ads out there, like go to Indeed, go to wherever people are fishing and just take a look at what they're doing. Like how much are they offering them as a signing bonus? What are they offering them as benefits? What are they offering them as a dollar per hour? Or if they're on a commission-based, commission-based compensation, you can't be at the bottom 20% of that and expect someone to reply to your ad, right? You got to be at like the top 5% of that if you want to be competitive. And if you're not at the top 5%, you have to figure out a way to get there. And I want to add something just to cut you off is that on Indeed, you can sponsor your posts. But in my experience, throwing tons of money at the sponsorship so you're at the top means nothing unless your wages are competitively higher than everybody else. There was one point we looked at like our Indeed, we had spent something like $60,000 in six months on sponsoring the hell out of hygiene and assistant and front desk ads. And dude, that's a whole employee there. So that was when I kind of changed. I pivoted. I said, hey, we got to raise this. We got to raise what we're offering. And that was what brought a lot more applicants. It was not the sponsorship, even though we continue to sponsor at a lesser amount. But I cut you off. Please go on. No, I think that's a great point. I appreciate you bringing it up. If you don't have a competitive ad, it doesn't matter if you bring it to the top. People are, they might click on yours, but they're going to scroll through the rest and they're going to get a basis of comparison, right? So that's an important piece. You got to make sure you're competitive and you have to figure out a way to do that in your market, in your local market. The third piece is your current doctors and your current team members generally talk to hygienists and other doctors, right? So come up with a way to compensate them for those referrals they send you and those that ultimately end up getting hired, right? Like it's fine to pay ten dollars or $15,000 to a current partner or dentist that you have if they bring you another dentist that's going to stick around for a couple of years or more come up with a dollar amount that works for the hygienists as well and then send them out there. If you have a hygienist that's working with you, generally they know there's a need and they know their job's not threatened by bringing on anyone new. 
they will talk to folks on your behalf, right? Why wouldn't they? If they're happy with you, why wouldn't they want their friends or other colleagues to also be happy in the place of work that they have? So the next time a conversation comes up and they're like, geez, I'm just looking for a change. Well, there's the segue into that conversation. So I think having ambassadors on your behalf and then compensating them for that is important because you have to remember, people say, well, I don't want to pay one of my hygienists a couple thousand dollars to send me another hygienist. But think about the opportunity loss, right? And like, why wouldn't you if they're helping you recruit? That's, in my mind, much more economical than the ads that we place and comes with like a stamp of approval, right? This person's already pre-qualified because they know them and they like them and they trust them. So that's a big piece. Paul, you touched on if you have like hygiene schools, right? Doctors can volunteer at those schools. Like go look at the people who are about to be out, form relationships with these people. One of the best hygienists that works in central Washington right now, she's just an awesome person, awesome human being. My partner found her through doing that. And she's been around for so long. She's just great in so many ways. And she's ascended into all these different roles. And she's a rock star hygienist. And she's also an ambassador for the practices. We all have strong relationship with her. And she's been wonderful. And that's how he originally saw her. He's like, great, she's good community. She really cares about patients. What do you think about coming to work with us? That's a piece of that that you want to think about as well. These things are going to take time. Like they're not just going to fall in your lap, right? You got to do a little bit of everything. And the more of these things you do, the better. I think those are probably the top three ways. And then the other thing that you can do is if you have a hygienist already or two or three that are very good, you can try a team hygiene or like assisted hygiene approach, right? So now you effectively double your hygiene productivity with one person, but you hire them an assistant that's at a much lower rate, right? And they're turning over operatories, doing their x-rays, flipping stuff and taking the equipment for sterilization or the instruments for sterilization. And the hygienist is just in there doing the active work that they need to do. So if you have a conversation with team members about this and try an assisted hygiene approach, then you're leveraging the current team members you already have to increase output and productivity. Now, the caveat to that is that can result in some level of burnout and sometimes people don't want to work at that pace. But there are a number that do, particularly when they understand that this comes down to patient care. If I can't get a hygienist, I can't serve these patients. I'm booking people out far too long. Sometimes I can't get them in their six-month interval when they should be there or on their four-month or three-month recare schedule because we just can't find a seat for them. In those circumstances, I think hygienists generally do care about the job they do. They want to do a great job and they do want to serve patients. And so just be open and honest with them about how that is going to impact them. And Doing those four things, I think, is really where it's at. There's not a lot more you can do. Now, this is sort of a hypothesis. Hygienists make pretty good money overall when you compare them to other professions, right? I know chartered accountants that go to school for like eight years, basically, by the time they're done, or lawyers that are making less than hygienists, right? If you think about it, if you have a job where you're paid like 50, 60, 70, 80K a year, and you know you go to school for two to four years to become a hygienist and make over 100K, and if you get really good and you're in a busy practice, you're on a commission basis getting 25, 30%, you might be doing 150K plus, right, a year. That's a good income. And I think it allows you the autonomy to become a, like a provider, right? I mean, yeah, fine, you work in an office and you have a boss and all that, that's maybe your perception, but ultimately you are in your chair and you own that chair, right? Like you are doing your work. So you are independently sort of running a business within a business or a practice within a practice. And I think 
that's going to become more attractive to people over time. And I think the more work we all do, the more work these large corporate guys do, the more work the dental societies do to become ambassadors for folks to look at hygiene as a career. Over, I think, a five-year timeline, I think we should start seeing more people apply for those sorts of jobs, right? So where there's now a hiring crisis, I think we should have an abundance, but we'll see. I can't remember the last time I did an interview for a position and I was like, oh man, it's tough. Which one are we going to pick? I don't know. I got so many choices. I missed that. I missed it being like the person like, hey, tell me why you want to work here. And now it went from like, hey, let me tell you why this is a great place to work, you know? Ah, no, the hygiene crunch. What are we going to do? All right, cool. Well, that's good information. And yeah, know that everybody's going through the same thing. We're all kind of going through it. And yeah, it is what it is. www.dentalbusinessmentor.com. Check out our videos, over 200 videos, lots of documents, stuff to run your practice, stuff to give to your team to train them and to get them up to par as well as to train you as a leader and a business owner. All right, we will talk to everybody in two more weeks.